Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. And it is Matt Hawk on the kick it. Well, I'll tell you what, Kurt. It was uh, it was a wild one, right? Maybe not exactly the oh, way the man. Steelers wanted to play on offense, but the defense shows up. Special teams touchdown. You hold down Josh Allen, and you come out of Buffalo with a seven point win. That's pretty sweet. What's your uh, what's your leadoff take on what went down in Week One? You know, it doesn't always have to be a pretty win. Exactly. It's, it's just you just got to come out with more points, and I think that that uh, this is going to be kind of the identity of the Steelers, at least for the first half of the year. They're going to need big plays on defense. They're going to need plays in special teams until that offense can kind of kind of grow into what it's doing, you know, and what, what it wants to do. I think we saw last week that I think that as much as Matt Canada wants to implement this new offense, I don't, I don't know that he's got the players quite in a position to run it yet. So, but uh, a road win against a team that I don't know that anybody, any any NFL writer or blogger or anybody had them picked to win, to, to come out and play like they did and win it. I mean, that's that's just such a huge, uh, a huge shot of momentum in a year where they're looking for some payback for the playoffs last year. And yeah, it's that's that was a big win. I think I think that that's one of those games that. In five or six weeks, if they're still playing well, you can look at that game and go, the Buffalo game's what started all this. Oh, 100%. And, you know, when they're in the playoffs, which I, which we talked about in the preseason, Kurt, and we talked about them being one of the most underrated teams coming into the season. Remember we were talking about that? Oh, yeah. Just imagine if the offense did anything in this game. It wouldn't have been close. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. They were six-and-a-half-point underdogs at Buffalo. And now we might look back at this game in the in the playoffs – you know, this could be the difference in a seed. You know, Steelers, Bills could oh, be the difference in a, in a home game. So I love it. But let's let's start with the defense. I definitely want to get to the offense a little bit later here. But TJ Watt gets paid like right before kickoff, basically, right? There's like a race yeah. to the a race to kickoff. So TJ Watt gets paid a lot to smile about there. And then he comes out and just balls, right? And we talked about it like yeah. you know, he's been kind of holding in Tomlin was a little mum on how much he would play. We just assumed if TJ Watt was ready to roll, he'd be ready to roll. Five QB hits, Kurt, two sacks, forced a fumble, right? I mean, the dude was ready to go, which says a lot about TJ Watt, in my opinion. I mean, he was in such good shape. You know, he had been out there with the team every day. He just hadn't been doing teamwork. He'd been doing his individual stuff. And I honestly wondered, you know, is he going to have to knock a little rust off? Is he going to, you know, how's his step going to be? You know, timing is a big thing for for a pass rusher. And I, I wondered, you know, would he, would it take him a quarter or two to kind of get, get going and, and get some momentum going? But no, he just, he, he just came out and, and made those bills tackles, you know, embarrassed looking. I mean, they look they, bad. I mean, so all many they, holding penalties. All they could do is hold. Exactly. All they could do is hold. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was, and so many of them didn't get called. I mean, you every time he popped inside the, the right tackle, just hooked him around the waist, but it was such a mess in there with the guard and everything else that you never could see. And they really only caught him when he came around that outside. So, I mean, it was a, 
it was a big day for him, and especially in a game where he only played about two thirds of the defensive snaps. So, you know, maybe a little more than that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was it was a big effort. He looked fresh for sure. I said maybe he should never, never uh, practice again. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just do whatever just, he was he doing. Just plays. He's Herschel Walker style. I just come out and play. I don't practice. So. That's pretty sweet. T.J. Watt's going to be a Steeler for a long time. That's a good thing. And you know, I thought the uh, the place to attack the Bills' offensive line was the interior. You know, they didn't. They don't really know who to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Ike Bodiger or Cody Ford. They were rotating those two guys. They don't know who their guy is there. But it was Watt and Cam Hayward, right? Just dominating the yeah. game, yeah. Uh, dominating those two tackles. I thought. That was the key to the defense. What did oh you, you see? And yeah, I mean, you just saw fresh legs. You saw guys with high energy. Uh, Hayward did do good on the inside, though. They ran some stunts, and, and they brought him back on the inside. I think a, the biggest part of it was, to me, I mean, I don't know a lot about the Bills' offensive line. I mean, I, I scouted them a little bit prior to the game, but they just couldn't deal with the quickness of the snap. I mean, Cam Hayward for – you know, 11 years in the league. I mean, the guy looks better every year and he is just so explosive and so strong. He, he batted down two passes, had a sack. He had 12 pressures. Cam Hayward did. And it, it was just ridiculous. He was just pushing those guards back into the, into the backfield. I mean, they just couldn't. And, and, and the Steelers didn't blitz, you know, it was very out of character for them. Normally, they're one of the highest blitz rate teams in the NFL, up around 40%. They blitz like 2% of the, the dropbacks. And so if they can do that with four guys, uh, it, it's going to be a long year for everybody because that allows them to keep athletes on the field who can play in coverage. And, and yeah, I, I, was, I was shocked. I thought they were going to the, bring the house, that we were going to see defensive backs you know, trying to come up the middle maybe and disrupt Josh Allen because of his athleticism and things like that. But they just decided to line up, play football, and, and Buffalo didn't have an answer. I think Josh Allen, I don't think he was like a flash in the pan at all. I think he's one of the rising no. young stars. And he looked like 2019 Josh <laughs> Allen uh, against the Steelers. I well, mean, that was phenomenal. He had a good first half. He yeah. had a good first half. He, he threw for 234 of his 284 yards in the first half. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he, had, he had a good first half. The, the Steelers, you know, anybody who says the Steelers played a complete game, I mean, they didn't watch that first half because the Pittsburgh defense, they got they got cut up a little bit in the first half. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were tired. The The offense wasn't wasn't doing their part. And, you know, Devin Singletary popped off a couple of nice runs in the second half. And, I, you know, the numbers won't look as great, I don't think, for the defense as the outcome did. I think you're going to statistically – you know, they outgained Pittsburgh by quite a bit. And and they had a couple – I mean, Josh Allen that was probably the best running back they had. I mean, he had the best – did the best run in the ball on those design keeps. But I still don't understand why, after he got hit a few times, why they were still doing – why he was still calling his own number. But I get it. You're a competitor. You know, you're, you're playing to win. But, boy, he took some hits. And I, you're the franchise, you know, to be taking those shots. But, uh, but yeah, the defense and, – and, they, they weren't elite in the secondary. We knew there was going to be some problems in the secondary a little bit. But overall, I mean, they started a rookie at slot cornerback. You know, Trey Norwood gets the start. I don't think anybody expected that. Um, I know I certainly didn't think he'd he'd start. Played really well. There weren't any big, big receptions allowed on miscommunication. You know, when you got Minka Fitzpatrick back there, he kind of keeps things, everybody where they need to be. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great – 
a great sign for the season going forward that they could play that well against really probably going into the game, probably the second best team in the AFC. I mean, if we're being honest, Buffalo's not going to play like that every week. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get their points against defenses that aren't Pittsburgh's defense. They're still going to win a lot of games, but like you said, this could cut this, this game could have huge playoff implications later on down the road um, based on seeding, you know, based on, uh, on Buffalo losing this one. No, no, I think the Bills are about to take out their uh, frustrations on the Miami Dolphins, which is a, yeah, team, which yeah. a team in Week 17 last year. I think they hung 56 on them or something. So get ready for that yeah. this week. That's coming. Yeah, a little, little payback for it. That's yeah, too bad. Yeah, and, uh, and the bad. Steelers' side, we just need the offense to catch up. And, uh, yep. you know, I think a little bit more to be encouraged about in the second half. So we'll dive into the offense mm-hmm. uh, coming up next. But first, here's Corey Bonini of the Huddle.com. He's got his fantasy plays of the week. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number two of the fantasy football season. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays to get your season rolling right along. Quarterback Joe Burrow at the Chicago Bears. Some people might be immediately turned off by the name the Chicago Bears with the association of a one strong, proud defense. Forget about that. Last week, Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford obliterated this defense and showed the blueprint of how to take advantage of the young cornerbacks who are actually a liability, especially against play-action passing. Take note, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is a Sean McVay disciple, so you can be sure that he was watching how this one unfolded. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon versus the Detroit Lions. The Packers returned to Lambeau Field after getting smacked in the mouth by the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. While he saw only five touches in the blowout loss, Dylan generated 26 yards of offense. Detroit has been one of the worst defenses of running backs in some time. We saw that play out last week with San Francisco backups taking full advantage of the situation. Look for an angry Packers offense to get up big, which could mean a lot of Dylan running out the clock late in the game. Denver Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick at the Jacksonville Jaguars should be an interesting matchup for gamers to take a chance on. Wide receiver Jerry Judy has a high ankle sprain and he has been placed on short-term IR. Patrick caught all four of his targets last week for 39 yards and a touchdown. While I'm a little skeptical that he may have some competition for touches given the area of the field he tends to operate within, owners looking for a PPR flex, especially anyone who lost Judy, should give Patrick a look. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Jared Cook versus the Dallas Cowboys. While Cook is no Gronk, he still has a pretty good matchup ahead. Dallas made some changes at linebacker in the offseason, and sure, they've gotten faster, but it looks like they're still not completely on the same page. Additionally, Los Angeles has the weapons to spread out this defense, which could leave Cook with a lot of room to operate in the middle of the field. He also benefits if running back Austin Eckler once again isn't involved in the passing game. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please go check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. Typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Big Ben, definitely under pressure a lot in this game. You know, I don't think yeah. I don't think he yeah. was surrounded by bodies as much last year, right? Just even even no. trying to get the ball out fast in this game, there was a lot of pressure on him. And I think you, you got to look at the offensive line a little bit, right? Sacked twice, yeah. hit six times, 
fumbled one. So mm-hmm. it was a it was kind of a tough game. Couldn't get the running game going again with Najee Harris. Yeah. Uh, so a tough one. But I thought in the second half the Steelers did a good job sustaining drafts. Right, getting some key third downs. Yeah. Claypool came up with a couple of them. Juju, as you predicted last week, came down with a few of them. I know they settled yeah. for a couple field goals, got the touchdown, and you know the special teams did the rest. But I thought you know the offense definitely. They're not where they need to be yet. That's for sure. No, the Bills played no, pretty they, well on D, but they did enough, right? They did enough to sustain some drives and give their team a chance. So I got to give them props. They for that. did. They 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 let the defense rest. I mean, even if they turned into field goals, they weren't they weren't immediately giving the ball back to, to Buffalo. You know, that's what we saw happen toward the end of last season. the The offense was was so one dimensional and so ineffective that the defense would come out and have a great drive and stop the opposing offense. They'd go over to the sidelines, barely get to take a breath, and they're punting, and they've got to get right back out there again. So I said, even though they were only getting field goals on on some of those drives, you know, they had 17 points in the second half, the fact that they were able to, to sustain drives, give their defense a chance to rest, and then get points out of it, that's that was so big. But I think what you saw in the second half was – you saw Matt Canada um, sort of sort of go back to to an older playbook and, and and let Roethlisberger play a little more of his style of offense than you did in the first half. They sort of gave up on the play action. The play action clearly wasn't working. I think Ben looked fine playing under center, um, but he only took I think twelve snaps under center. Um, but I think they realized pretty quickly, if we can't establish any kind of a run game, we can't establish any kind of play action passing. And so I think that once they sort of acknowledged that, you know, Najee Harris, he had a couple of nice runs. They were both out of the shotgun on that inside handoff. Um, felt very Le'Veon Bell, 2018, you know, got up to the line of scrimmage. The line kind of holds everybody up and he looks for his spot and then kind of bursts through. Um, really gave me gave me some retro vibes there the way they they did that but that's okay I mean you've got to work with what you have and, and like I said last week until that offensive line's good the team's not going to be good you know the offense isn't going to be good and I thought that Kendrick Green played okay um, I'm I'm really glad that that Buffalo didn't have their probably their second best interior defensive lineman on the field because that could have definitely changed things. Um, I thought Dan Moore, the rookie, the rookie tackle, played really well. I, given, given the the task that he was handed, you know, just days before. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Akorafor is is not a great player. Um, I hope he he becomes a better player, but he's not right now. Um, Trey Turner did okay. You know, he's not David DeCastro in his prime, but he played okay. Um, Dotson was pretty good. I kind of expected a little more out of, of Kevin Dotson last week in the run. But overall, I think it was just, a, you know, even, even Mike Tomlin acknowledged it after the game. He said, I, I told my defense and they had to be ready to carry things this week because they weren't expecting, um, I think the term he used was fluidity on offense. And uh, it wasn't, you know, they, they got a long pass interference penalty to keep a drive going from Chase Claypool. They got a, a big catch by Claypool. Um, they got the end around by Claypool that gave him another one. You know, Deontay Johnson gets hurt and James Washington immediately comes in, catches the ball, gets the first down. And so they were, they had some interesting plays where they had sort of manufactured yards and manufactured um, first downs. 
and that's how it's going to have to be until they can they can get that offensive line going where they can just sustain drives running the football. Um, you know, Najee Harris played every snap. He, he yep. didn't come off the field one time. 100%, yep. Um, yeah, but he, he didn't have a ton of touches, but he was on the field the entire time. That's not a pace they can obviously maintain. I write that off a little bit as the fact that with Anthony McFarland on IR, I think he's really the only other back they have any plans for this season. So I think without him in the lineup, they just don't really have any any sort of a – a role for Benny Snell or, or any of those guys. And so he's going to have to be out there. I wrote this week that if they're going to have Harris on the field, they got to gain the football and if running the ball is not going to do it, they need to line him up as a wide receiver. They need to run some screens to him, you know, get the ball in your playmakers hands. Um, I said the same thing about the tight ends. The fact that both Steelers tight ends only had two catches between them, you know, isn't something that long-term is going to be, is going to lend itself to success. We're going to watch, we're going to watch a Raiders tight end have his way with the Steelers defense next week. And, and I would love to see Pittsburgh try to do something like what the Raiders do with Darren Waller with Pat Fryermuth. You know, I, I would love to see them feature him in the offense just to see what happens. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to continue if it's not working, but the the tight ends are just still just an afterthought in the Steelers offense. And I, that's not, that's not very 2021, I don't think so. But you know, Derek Carr, uh, Kurt, he'll just throw it to Darren Waller, no matter what he'll do oh, yeah. 20 yeah. targets. He doesn't care if he's covered or if there's three guys around him, he just chucks it to Darren Waller. I mean, that's like right. basically his he whole hopes play. for the best. Yeah. He's awesome though. Honey, oh, he's, he's, he's the number one. He's the number one concern Pittsburgh should have this week is what are we going to do with him? So oh, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be targeted 20 times in this game. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's going to be the guy. And that's a good segue, Kurt. Uh, let's get into that game with the Raiders. They're coming off a, a fun one on Monday night. That was probably one of the yeah. wildest games I've ever watched. It was so great. Uh, so we'll get into that here coming up. First, our friends from the Sportsbook Wire have their play of the week. We'll be right back. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Flippin' Podcast here with my colleague, as always, Jeff Clark, breaking down the Sunday night football matchup for week two between the Kansas City Chiefs and the host Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, plus 160, home underdogs, Chiefs minus 200, Baltimore plus three and a half on the spread. Jeff, is that interesting to you coming off their overtime loss against the Raiders? Yeah, this is a buy-low spot for the Ravens. It's getting through the key number of three. You got three in the hook. Lamar was terrible last week throwing the ball, but Cleveland was able to run the ball all over Casey's defense. I think Lamar and Baltimore does the same. I think he passes a little bit better against his weak Kansas City defense, and I think Baltimore's defense improves after their stinker against the Raiders and Derek Carr. I'll take the three and a half with the Ravens. How about you? Patrick Mahomes is 3-0 against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. 34-21 win in Baltimore last week. That's good enough for me. I'm siding with the Chiefs, minus 3.5. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, welcome back. Uh, Real quick, if you are a new listener or maybe came across our show organically, maybe found it on an article on the Steelers Wire, 
You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts, right on your phone. Just click on the app, search the Steelers Wire podcast, subscribe, review, and tell a friend. We know there's a lot of places to get football content, a lot of places to get Steelers content out there, and we really, really appreciate all our listeners. And subscriptions help us keep this show rolling. This game against the Raiders, Kurt, I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice for this team. You know, that, that game on Monday night was freaking ridiculous. And somehow the Ravens found a way to lose it after being up 14 to nothing. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, I'm looking at the typical sportsbook app. The line is at five and a half for Pittsburgh. And I just, I love the Steelers to cover this and win by six points. I, I think the Raiders are, they're kind of predictable. We talked about Darren Waller. If you could try to at least limit him, they don't have a lot on offense. And I like the Steelers' chances of getting that offense on their side going a little bit in this game. I love the Steelers at five and a half. Yeah, definitely. I do too. I think the I think Steelers are gonna gonna put up more points at home. You know, I think the I think the Raiders offense is is gonna get out there and struggle with the crowd. Um the the Pittsburgh fans have been dying for this day. You know, they've, they've been waiting and waiting. And just like we saw last week, I think Pittsburgh had to almost exclusively run silent counts. Um, Las Vegas, the Raiders are going to be in the same boat. They're not going to be able to hear. Um, the, the defense is going to be fired up to, for the fans. And yeah, I, I would definitely give the points this week. I think, I think Pittsburgh recognizes what they did last week it could, could have a huge impact on the season and they don't want to turn around and lose a game they should win. And then suddenly the media looks at it and goes, yep, another game where Tomlin couldn't get his players up to beat a team that they were supposed to beat. You know, they, they don't want that. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, Darren Waller's going to get his. Um, I think the Pittsburgh offensive tackles better pack a lunch because those – those Las Vegas edge rushers are are crazy good. Um, we're going to see some amazing pass rushers in this game between the the three that Pittsburgh bring out and the two that Las Vegas bring out. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of action action for the offensive lines. Yep. And so I think if if you're into that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Whichever team kind of prepares for that better is going to have a huge advantage. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Pittsburgh this week. I love what I saw. We can't count on a special teams touchdown every week, obviously, but I think that what you're probably going to see this week is you're going to see a defense take some more chances, probably create some turnovers that you didn't see last week. Um, so yeah, I, I feel a little more confident about this, which almost certainly means that there's no chance to win now, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm sticking with my confidence. So can't jinx them this week, Kurt. You can't, you can't. No, no. Cause you look at the I Raiders and I, and I think when you, you, you mentioned the offensive line and the Raiders really, really, they, they gave theirs an overhaul. Richie Incognito didn't play last week. They lost Denzel good for the season. So they've got some, yeah. their patchwork on that offensive line. I don't think the Steelers are a good team to, try to face on the road when your offensive line right. isn't really firing all cylinders. So it's such an advantage for the Steelers, and I think you're going to see it. Yeah. Uh, I love the Steelers in this game. The total's at 48.5, Kurt. We'll finish it here. Movement for the under, I think it, it opened up a little bit higher. I kind of like mm-hmm. the under. I think the Raiders are just, they're very inconsistent on offense right now. I think the Steelers are going to feast on them a little bit. And then we know we saw the struggles the uh, Steelers' offense had too, like not yeah. really firing in all cylinders to say the least. So uh, I think both teams yeah. kind of a work in progress on offense right now. So the under mm-hmm. feels like a safe bet. It does. And I think the under probably for the time being for Pittsburgh, because I don't think anybody's going to score a ton on them. And I think for now they're going to be pretty satisfied to 
you know, I, I think they feel like if we can get 21 or 24 on the board, we can beat anybody. And so I think that's kind of the going to be the mentality going forward. I think they get the run game going this week, Kurt. I think that's it's that kind of game. Uh, if, they, if the running game struggles again this week, I'm going to start getting worried. Yeah, I'm going to wonder if they need to need to make some changes. Are they going to need to go out and, and find a free agent who's sitting out there and maybe they hope they can give them a spark? Are they going to make a trade with somebody? I, I Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this week will be telling how the Steelers approach the offensive line going forward. I think if, if they can't, if they can't protect Ben and Harris doesn't have anywhere to run, I can definitely see the front office. They're sitting on $12 million in cap space and they're sitting on it for a reason. You know, they're, they're, they're holding on to that for something. And I think this game's really going to, really going to tell us, is this offensive line workable? Is it something that they feel like there's enough ceiling on it to keep going? But I think if they can't get those two things going this week, yeah, I think they're going to look for somebody else to uh, to try to add a little bit of a spark there. Always great insight from Kurt. As I said earlier, we appreciate all the listeners. Hit subscribe, tell a friend if you could. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what kind of Steelers content you're looking for. Enjoy the game against the Raiders. We'll be back next week to break it all down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.